right. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. For those of you that don't want to know me, I am Pastor Jose, and we welcome you here to Church at the Bridge. You can go ahead and slap somebody a high five. Just make them feel a little extra welcome, extra love, extra important. You guessed it. The topic of today's uh, sermon is everyone matters. Everyone matters. And we're continuing upon a series that we started a couple of weeks back entitled uh, Walk This Way. And what we've been doing is looking at the life of a guy named James um, and some things that God inspired upon his heart that would speak not just to the early church, but even into our lives until this very day. And so James was the brother of a guy that many people know as a guy named Jesus. But he was not just any ordinary guy. This is Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. This is Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. This is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. How many of you know that Jesus' last name was not Christ? You know that, right? It's not his last name. It's, it's, an, announcement, it's, an, it's an announcement to who he is, the Christ. And so the thing about it is that James didn't always uh, believe that Jesus was the Son of God. He was like you and me. There was a time where he did not believe that Jesus was who he says he was. Scripture gives us examples where they actually chided Jesus, where they said, go ahead and do something real cool. Go ahead and do, go ahead and do this. Why don't you go ahead and uh, turn some water into wine? And Jesus said, hey, it's not my time yet. The time hasn't come yet. And so Jesus faced some opposition. But James, being one of his brothers who grew up with him and hearing about the call upon his life, came to a point in his life where he began to mature. He began to see things differently. As a matter of fact, he came to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. And James went on to become the leader of the early church in Jerusalem. Uh, One of the things that James was quite familiar with prior to coming to know Christ and even afterwards was this issue of division. It was this issue of disunity. It was this issue of breaking apart when we should be together. And so in today's text, we're going to continue learning from the letter that God inspired upon the hearts of James. And I want to be very clear on something. That the word of God is the inspired word of God. I want you to understand what's happening here. Yes, James wrote this letter. But God was speaking to James in his heart and he was opening his eyes to see certain things that were necessary to speak to the church as a whole. And those words to this very day are true. They are true and they are necessary. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to begin to think about this issue of division. Because division simply means this, that there's two directions. There's two mindsets. There's uh, one way and another way. And James in this letter, it's like he's pleading to the church, the early church, and even unto us to this day, God is speaking to us. He's saying, no, go this way. Don't go that way. Go this way. Go one way. And so there was this lack of unity in the time, in the era where James is writing this letter, where God has placed this upon his heart. And unfortunately, They didn't get it then. And guess what? Even to this day in the church, sometimes we don't get it now. Now, I know for some of us, maybe you don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior. 
and you're saying, I don't even know what we're talking about today. Well, you know what? Today we're doing some in-house business. But I want you to begin to see that the issue of unity is something that God intends, not just for the people uh, within what's called the church. This is for the entire world. God wants us all to be one because everyone's important. Everyone belongs. And so in these days, when James writes this letter inspired by God, there was a lot of cultural beliefs going on. Uh, You had a bunch of Jewish people that came to believe that Jesus was Lord and Savior. But they said, hey, we've grown up knowing to worship God this way. And so we've got to do all these things that the law says. We've got to dress a certain way. You can't have, you know, how many of you uh, have some type of uh, clothing that has some sort of mixed uh, uh, fabric in it, like polyester, you know, it's cotton and little, you know, back in those days, you can do that. It was the dumbest things, the littlest things. And Jesus came to pronounce freedom. And James is addressing an issue where you had Jewish people who said, we're the Jews, we're the chosen people of God. We believe in Jesus and you're Greek. And you, you're from uh, Mesopotamia somewhere, and you're from here, and you're from there. And so James is addressing this issue of division because it was tearing the people apart. If you read in verse 1, they were already separated due to the trials and tribulations that they were going on, that they, they were undergoing. In James 1, he says, I'm writing to you, the people in the, the dispersion. He's saying, you who are all scattered abroad. And he's addressing this issue between Jewish believers and and non-Jewish believers of the day. And the the main point that we're going to be looking at this day is simple. This is the point that I want you to wrap your head around. Everyone matters. Everyone matters. Now, I want to ask you a question. When you hear those words, and let's keep that slide up there. When you hear those words... What exactly do you hear? What exactly are you understanding when you hear everyone matters? Are you hearing we all matter? Are you hearing I matter? Are you hearing you matter and you're looking at someone else? Because this issue of everyone mattering is important for us to look past what we know the word everyone to be. Let me tell you what I'm talking about here. Let me, let me, let me just bring it down a little bit. When we think about everyone, are we really thinking about every one person in the body? Are we so focused and so intent and so in love with Jesus and so in love with his plan that we don't just see what we've grown accustomed to see? Hey, Carol, how you doing? God bless you. Oh, man. Hey, Jim, God bless you. And I pass right by you, brother. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? You hear what I'm saying here? You get a picture here? It's very easy, even in the body of Christ, just in human nature, to cling to what we know, to who looks like us, who acts like us, who talks like us, who dresses like us, who comes from the same area that we come from or who has the same kind of socioeconomic status and this and we can just easily miss one another you hear what i'm saying james is addressing an issue let me let me let me let me bring it down really to who's addressed god is addressing this issue amongst the body 
And in James chapter 2, he goes on to speak directly to the heart of this matter that they were undergoing. See, can I be honest with you? When it comes to church today, number one, we think about it all wrong. We think about a building when it's really a people. But when we think about the church as a body, everybody has the tendency of looking to a pastor, looking to someone who's in some sort of lead, someone who's visible, someone who's at the forefront. And listen, while that has its appropriate uh, function amongst the body, it's not up to the pastor or it's not up to a select few to lead the charge and be the church. You know, I'm clear on this, that while I may be ministering to everyone here today, I can't touch everyone. But if everyone focuses on one. I want you to hear something. When one takes a special interest in one. I may not know your name. I may not know your story. But if each one of us takes an interest in one, then you know what happens? Everyone benefits. Everyone, everyone is ministered to. And, and I know I sound like I'm like a broken record here sometimes because I say, hey, take some time. To get to know somebody, take some time to connect, take some time to spend. You know why we did that whole, why we do that whole day at the lake event? I'm going to tell you why we do it. Because we recognize that we can't do everything all the time, but man, it feels so good for the body just to come together. Do you know that you think church happened today? Church happened yesterday at the lake. And we're here hanging out and breaking bread and sharing life and talking about each other's and ministering to one another and encouraging one another and building one another and just doing it in the most practical way. And sometimes we can get so spiritually minded and so, so high and mighty, so, so churchy that it's, we, we lose each other and we don't relate to one another. And so in James chapter 2, starting at verse 1, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. And I don't know if I'm going to get through all this, but I'm going to get to the meat of this. God inspires James to once again speak to the people and watch the, the close relationship. Watch, watch, watch the intimacy in how God addresses us. He says, my brothers and sisters... My brothers and sisters, he says, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. I'm going to just point this out. Must not show favoritism. Must not. Must not. Must not. Watch what verse 2 says. It says, suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes... And a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. 
If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but you say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? You know, I have preached on unity so much throughout the years. I've preached unity so much. I've preached the body, oneness so much that I'm going to tell you something. I was tempted to go, oh, I've touched on this already when I was preparing on this. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, no, 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 son. No, no, no. You teach my words. And you remind my people. And I think that this is a constant reminder for us. The Bible says that we are, we are to grow into the unity of the faith. You know what the Bible is saying there? That we're supposed to grow to a place of completeness in faith together. Together. And I feel like God stresses this so much throughout his entire word because we live life so loosely apart. We're doing our own thing, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, let's be honest. We're doing our own thing many times. We're living our own lives many times. We're so concerned with our own issues many times. And it's like we're so full of what we see and what's important to us. But the thing is this, if you're not pouring out, how can you get filled up again? By the way, while I'm sharing this with you, I'm also sharing this with me. Okay? I'm, 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 I'm in the same boat with you. I'm in process. But I want you to think about this, that favoritism is common in this world. Favoritism is common in this world. But it should not be among us. That's what the word says. It should not be amongst us. Listen, if we can pick and choose who's better. If we can say, I'll talk to this person, but not that person. If we can somehow look amongst one another and go, well, I don't know their name, so I won't talk to them. If we can separate and create classes and we can choose a side based on politics, on denomination, on color, on class, on gender. If we can look, if we can overlook someone at the expense of clicking and sticking to those who we favor, then I want you to understand something. That truthfully, according to scripture, that's not the description of a believer. That is not a Christian. A Christian loves the body. A Christian understands that everyone matters. And I'm going to say this again. I've said it a million times and I will preach it till the day I die. Before you leave here today, make it your business to get to know somebody. Make it your business to go and connect with somebody because according to scripture, when, when we don't do this, when we don't value every single one person, we're ripe for discrimination. And according to scripture, that is evil. 
It is evil. It is wrong. It is ungodly. It is not Christ-like. It is not the heart of God. I want you to look around this room. Go ahead and look at somebody in the eyes. Don't just pass them over. I want you to look at one another. And I want you to begin to realize something that every single one of you matters. Every one matters. Everyone. Everyone. And so in verses 8 and 9 in the book of James chapter 2, God says, if you really keep the royal law. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, if you keep the greatest law, the greatest law in the kingdom. That's why he says royal. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. Watch this. You are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Listen, the Bible says that we have become the righteousness of God. The Bible says that you are not a sinner. The Bible refers to you as a saint. That's what the scriptures declare. The Bible says that you are holy, acceptable, above reproach is what the scriptures say. But watch this. While we are that, and that is true because as he is now, so are we in this world. We are just like Christ. I didn't say you are the Christ. It said we are just like Christ. We have a new nature. We are new creations. The old is gone. I want you to get this. While that is all true, to show favoritism is to act according to something that we are not. And that is wrong. That is wrong. That is wrong. Why do churches fail? Why do communities deteriorate? Why do relationships weaken and break down? It's all for the same reason. Love is in an operation. And everyone does not matter in those cases. And so what we see here is that unity is more than just coming together as a group, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about physical the physical gathering of people. True unity can only be measured by our love and our care for one another. Our love and our care for one another. I'm going to say that again. True unity can only be measured by our love and care for one another. I was reading an article. I guess it was an old article, but it was a, a, about a guy going into an engine room. And he was, it was one of those real technical things. It wasn't like popular mechanics, but it was something like that. And they were talking about some gauge that they use in, in mechanical rooms and engine, in, 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 in engine rooms. Uh, and they, I guess these boilers are really, really big, so big and full of water that you can't literally go and look inside. And so it has this little glass gauge um, and it, it has water in it. And based upon what you see in that little glass gauge, it tells you, what's inside the larger vessel. I want you to think about this simple truth. And I want you to hear it from God's word. And then I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. Jesus says in John 13, 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Watch what he says. If you love one another. So 
going back to the example that I was sharing about that huge boiler in that engine room. What you see amongst us is an indication of what's really happened in the hole. Are you hearing me? So get this. To the extent that we love one another, that is a proof of our love for God. Why is that so important to consider? Because man, we could talk about loving God, but if we're not loving one another, we're not even acting like disciples. See, you are the lifeline to people in need of Jesus Christ. I want you to think about what the scripture says here. It says, by this, by what? By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. If we're not loving one another and growing in our unity with each other, we're cutting off the flow of blood to those in need of true life. Listen, even amongst us, that know Jesus is Lord and Savior and believe. I want you to think about this. Man, we could, we could profess to love God so much, but if we are not loving each other, then guess what? That love of God has no flow. It's stagnant. Stagnant waters stink, ladies and gentlemen. And so, if there's anything that we should be excelling at, it's our love for one another. It's buying into this truth that God speaks to us, where every single one person matters. There is no one above another in the body of Christ. Each one is equal. You want me to prove that to you? Cut off your pinky toe and watch how the rest of your body reacts. By the way, disclaimer, because this is being recorded. If you do that, that is completely your choice. Church at the Bridge does not, did not tell you to do that. That was simply an illustration. And you absolve us of all liability. I want you to hear the words of Jesus in John 17, verses 20 through 23. I want you to think about this before we read this. When Jesus started his ministry, he went out and he began to preach a new kingdom. And as he's preaching this new kingdom, full of all the glory of God, all the power of God, anointed of the Holy Spirit, God himself in the form of a man, divinity here on earth in the form of mankind, a human being, so to speak, And here he is, and he comes abroad. And Jesus could have done it all by himself. He's Jesus. But that's not what he did. You know what Jesus did? Jesus went, and he chose some people from amongst him. Why? Not that he couldn't do it alone. He said he wouldn't do it alone. I dare say he couldn't. You know why? Because if it was just him after he left, then who's going to carry the torch? It makes sense? And so he started his ministry that way, but watch how he ends it. John 17, verses 20 through 23. Jesus is in Gethsemane. His betrayal is soon to come. He's about to be crucified. He's about to leave the earth. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, 
watch what the message is. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. Watch this. Why is he saying this? So that the world may believe that you have sent me. You know what unity does amongst the body? It preaches the gospel. He says, I have given them the glory that you gave me. Listen to what Jesus is saying. He's saying them, I've given them the very best that you gave me. That word glory in the simplest form is God as his best. At, at his best. He says, I've given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me. Watch this. So that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Man, check this out, man. Check this out. If we are not excelling in the love for one another, then no matter what we say, there's no credibility to it. Can I be real? You know I love you, right? I love you. And so I'm not, I'm not, this is, I'm not condemning here. But here's the truth. If we say that we love God, but we, as the body of Christ, don't excel in loving one another first, then whatever love we try to express to people is fake. It's fake. It's false. It is a lie. Listen to the words of Jesus, man. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. As we're wrapping up here, I want to just give you some quick thoughts on, on unity. Based upon a time in Second Kings chapter 7, the people of Israel were in a very bad situation. Listen, they were surrounded by enemies. A people called the Arameans. The Arameans got them cornered. They can't get past the wall that they're hiding behind. And so what the Arameans decide is, you know what? We'll just surround these walls and wait it out. We'll starve them out. We'll destroy them that way. We can't get in the walls, but you know what? We'll starve them out because eventually they'll get so hungry that they'll either die due to starvation or die killing each other. And so it got so bad that the people behind the walls, the people of God, the people of Israel were resorting to eating the heads of donkeys. And it even got so bad to such a point that a woman convinces another one. She says, let's eat your son today and then we'll eat mine tomorrow. And a whole dispute comes out of that. Don't have time to get into that. 
But the Bible says that while the people of Israel were within the walls, starving in a really bad situation, there were four Israelites outside the walls. People that had been deemed did not belong amongst them. People that they had deemed according to their laws and according to their beliefs and according to their convictions. People that they believed didn't matter. These four guys were lepers. They had a really bad disease that ate at the flesh and was contagious. And so in those days, lepers had their own community and they lived amongst lepers and they died amongst lepers. They, they were separated from family and loved ones and friends and their people and even their, a house of faith. These, they, it was just really bad. And so these four guys did not matter to anyone at all. And one day these guys are in their own bad situation. Man, not only are they hungry, not only are they starving, not only is the enemy around, but they're living in a death sentence. Their flesh is eating away at them. And these guys are together. And one day one of them says, Hey man, you know, we are in such a bad situation and we're hungry. And how can it get any worse? We might as well go to the Aramean camp where our enemies are at. See if we find some food. See if we find a helping hand. What's the worst that can happen? They'll kill us. And so they decide to trek it over there and they go to the Aramean camp and when they get there, a miracle has occurred. Before they got there, the, the word of God says that God caused the Aramean army to hear what sounded like the rushing sound of a great army. And the Arameans take flight. They said, man, they hired, they hired out armies. They hired out our enemies. We got to get out of here. So they hightail it out of there. And they're on the run and they get away. And they leave everything there. They leave their food. They leave their weapons. They leave their animals. They leave everything. Their tents. They leave it all. These four lepers get to this camp and they find it all empty. And they find all this food. And all this clothing and all... These spoils and riches and weapons and animals and houses and tents and all these things. Verse 9 of Second Kings chapter 7 says that they said to each other, What we are doing is not right. Let me tell you why they said that to one another. Because they begin to eat. And they begin to enjoy the cover from the sun. And they begin to revel amongst everything that now is in their dominion. In their hand to take, to own, to enjoy. And they look at each other while they're in the midst of that and they say, what we're doing is not right. Watch this. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. They said to one another, let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. You know what they're saying? Let's go back to the people of Israel. Let's go back to our brethren. Let's go back to our own. See, it wasn't a good day because they found food for themselves. It wasn't a good day because now all of a sudden they went from being poor and broken, destitute to having it all. It wasn't a good day because of that. It was a good day. It was good news. 
But it was good news for a reason because they came across the opportunity to care and to feed and to minister and to love one another. It wasn't me, my foreign, no more. It was man. While we've been rejected and we've been set aside, we see the need to care for the whole and not just ourselves. So I want to leave you with some closing thoughts here as we're wrapping up. We can learn some valuable lessons from these four guys. See, what matters most is what you do, not what they do. Hear clearly what I'm saying. It's easy to place importance on certain people when they look like us, when they talk like us, when they have things in common with us, when they act in kind to us, when they, when they express love unto us. You know, we've bought into a mindset in this world and even amongst people of God that says, I love you because you love me. That's not love. That's a business transaction. That's I do this for you because you've done this for me. That's not love. No, love is. Love is what these guys did. You set me aside. You shunned me. You cut me off. You treated me like if I don't matter. As far as I'm concerned, as, as far as my life is concerned in the eyes of society, I'm already dead. I don't belong. But it doesn't matter what you've done. To me, what matters is what I do. And what they did was right. They chose to love regardless of what somebody did for them. Listen, amongst the body, here's what we do sometimes. Well, I don't know them. Well, did you ever take the time to introduce yourself? Did you ever take the time to go outside of your comfort zone? Have you ever taken the time to go outside of this facility? Who, how in God's name did we come to a conclusion that church is when we come here? Man, church is outside these walls wherever we go. Can I tell you something? We should be excelling at reaching out and ministering and loving one another. Listen, when I get a call, you know what the call should be? Hey, by the way... Let me tell you, this person was sick and I found out about it and I went over there and I prayed for them and I laid hands on the sick and they recovered. Listen, I should be getting the good report. But many times, here's what it looks like. Pastor, this is what's going on with this person. And pastor, this is what's going on with that person. And pastor, this occurred and pastor, that occurred. And I am not complaining because you know what? I am completely clear on what I've been called to. And I will go wherever I need to go and minister to whoever I need to minister and reach out to whoever I need to reach out to. If there's one thing that I will say, and I don't boast in me, I boast in Christ. I'm the first one to serve here. Because what I'm clear on is this, that pastor is not a title to Lord over anyone. Pastor is a title to serve everyone. And so I want you to think about this. We got to get past this mindset where it's like, well, I haven't made a connection with them, but we ourselves don't make that effort. You know, I'm seeing a new wave of things happening here at Church at the Bridge. 
There's new people coming in. And what I'm seeing is that they're just jumping right in. Jumping right in. I want to help. I want to serve. I want to do this. I want to do that. They are connecting with people. Yesterday, I, in the midst of, for those of you that were at the day at the lake, you saw me. I'm running all around. I'm looking all around. I'm talking with different people. But I'm watching and listening the whole time. The whole time. And I'm watching some that are just sitting in their little corner and just, and then I'm watching others that are just kind of walking around and they don't know you from a hole in the wall. And they're going, hey, how's it going, man? My name is Joel, man. How are you? Tell me about yourself. My name is Jose. You have a beautiful daughter. Tell me about her. How old is she? Oh my God. Let, well, let me introduce her to my niece. And I'm watching all this and I'm saying that is what we as believers are supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. And so instead of waiting for somebody to do something, to come out and befriend you, you take the initiative. I take the initiative. We take the initiative. We get so bent as believers sometimes on, oh yes, we want to minister to those who are unsaved. Praise God, that's great. But are you ministering to your own body? Are we serving our own body? See, when everyone matters, everyone benefits. 1 Corinthians 12, 24 and 25 says this, While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together. God put it together, by the way. God brought you here. God joined you to one another. Joined us to one another. God brought you to this place. He says, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be, watch this, no division in the body, but that its parts, watch this, should have equal concern for each other. Equal concern. When everyone matters, a couple of things happen. Everyone is equal. Everyone is equal. When everyone matters, everyone is cared for. And when every one matters, every one grows. Everyone grows. Man, when everyone doesn't matter, and hear what I'm saying, when every single one doesn't matter, we lose. We lose. We're lacking something. I want you to hear the heart of God this morning. I want you to hear what the Lord is speaking to us. Individually, corporately, as the body of Christ. Every one of my children matter to me. Every single one. I want you to think about how specific God is in his love. To the great extent that he cares and he loves. The Bible says that the hairs on our head 
God has them numbered. But I want you to think about something. You might not know this. You know what it's really saying there in the original language? It's He knows each one individually. This is number one. This is number two. This is number three. This is number four. This is number five. This is number 385,000. Every single one hair matters to him. Every single one person matters to him. You matter, George. You matter, Carol. You matter, Eddie. You matter, Mariah. You matter, Beth. You matter. What's your name, brother? Mike. Mike. You matter, brother. You matter. Every single one matters. Every single one. And God says this, because every one single, every single one matters. It's the reason why I've placed you amongst every single one here today. Stop. We got to stop this nonsense about, well, that's just a kid. That's a teen. I don't understand them. Well, get to understand them. Because the older shall teach the younger, the Bible says. Well, you know, uh, uh, he's white. I'm Hispanic. Well, the Bible says that we know no one after the flesh, but after the spirit. We got to get past all this nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Because the heart of God is one body. One body. God was speaking to his people because they were under the constant threat of not just being dispersed physically, but their hearts were going, growing cold towards one another. They were divided. Jesus put it this way. A house divided can't stand. A people divided can't stand. The church divided can't stand. A world divided can't stand. We are called to be one. And every one of you matters. Every single one. You know, when something matters, you know what happens? Time all of a sudden doesn't matter. When something matters, all of a sudden, money doesn't matter as much. When something matters, material doesn't matter as much. Because you're keeping at the forefront what you value. And if God values people, and if God values his people, shouldn't we? Let's stand. Heavenly Father, today we come to you in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Lord, you love the world so much that you gave your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to be the common denominator that unites us all regardless of race, regardless of creed, regardless of gender, regardless of background, regardless of upbringing, regardless of an ethnic uh, background or culture. Jesus. Jesus Christ. And Lord, you prayed right before you departed 
this earth from your physical ministry and you said, I don't pray that you take them out the world, but I pray keep them from the evil one. And I pray that you would bring them together, that they would be one just like you and me, Father, are one. Lord, my prayer today is simply this. That today we would leave here with a crystal clear understanding of your love for each one of us. And how that love is to transcend through each one of us. So that every one is loved by God. Every one is met by God. Every one is served in the kingdom. Every one is reached. Everyone. Father, thank you for this truth today. Thank you for your great love for us all. Thank you for the person who's got it all together in life and you love. Thank you for the person who's trying to figure it out and struggling. Thank you For everything in between, Lord. Thank you for loving us all, Lord. And thank you that today, we as your people here, see your heart. And today we purpose to excel in our love for one another and for others, Lord. May we never forget how much it matters to you that we be together as one body. May we never get so busy that we overlook each other because I got to do something that's important. May we never forsake the gathering of the brethren. May we excel as one. Hey, if there's anyone here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and today, just based upon what you heard here, you, you see God in a different light. Maybe for the first time you believe that you matter. That you really are significant and important. That your circumstances and your past or whatever doesn't preclude you. It doesn't exclude you from mattering, from being loved, from belonging. If today there's anyone here today and you see God that way and you say, God, I know you love me. And I believe that you proved it with Jesus Christ. I want you to do something real quick. With every eye closed, nobody's going to embarrass you here. I'm not calling you up here. Don't worry about that. Just slip your hand up real quick. Just throw it right up and put it back down. Amen, brother. You can put... Amen. 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 We're going to do this together with you. We're going to join as one and pray according to what you've believed this morning. We're going to pray that with you. Let's say this together. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died and you rose again because you love me. Today, I say I love you and I accept you as my Lord, my Savior and God. Hey, if you prayed that today for the very first time with a heart full of belief, we celebrate Jesus in your life. Come on, there are people coming from darkness to light. There are lives being transformed here. And listen, we want you to know it before you leave here. We love you. You matter. 
and you belong. Don't leave here without connecting with us. Don't leave here without making a personal connection with someone. Because everyone matters. Lord, today we leave here rejoicing in Christ. Thanking you for your great plan. Your love.